Hello, we are the Voices of Experience, four pals from Toronto, Canada, all of us with quite a few miles traveled already down life's highway. While that may not translate directly into Voices of Wisdom, we can promise you an entertaining discussion on a wide range of topics of current interest. So sojourn with us for a while. You'll hear a variety of points of view. You'll be amused, you'll be provoked, you'll be stimulated. And uh, let me pass the word over to Al Brown, Al. Thank you very much, Andrew. Er, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this podcast today. Joining me are my friends, Sarab Sandu, Mario Karakides, and Andrew Wood. Yes. We all share one thing in common, and that is that we have in the past at some time and currently being members of Toastmasters International. In addition to that, we've all <laughs> achieved the highest awards possible in Toastmasters, which is a distinguished Toastmaster, which requires a lot of work. Today, what we want to do is tell you about our Toastmasters experiences, which extend back many, many years, many moons. Now, for those of you who do not know what Toastmasters is, it's an international organization that was begun more than 90 years ago by a gentleman in the United States called Ralph Smedley. Today, it has grown into an organization of hundreds of thousands of members uh, located in many countries around the world. We're, we are uh, organized into small clubs of maybe 20 to 60 members, some less, some maybe even more as far as I know. The whole point of the organization is to teach our members the skills of public speaking, which gives confidence and helps develop leadership skills. Now Toastmasters International has a big song and dance story about their organization and we welcome you to visit that website and find out more. What we want to talk about today is our personal experiences, our Toastmasters journeys. Each of us has unique elements to speak of, unique experiences in that journey. So I'd like to start off by having one of my friends here just tell you their journey, maybe some of the highlights of them. Andrew, you seem willing to talk. Yeah, no, I do. I, I thank you, Al. No, I, I wanted to respond uh, uh, briefly. Thank you for that intro. It was a good intro. Uh, except there was one moment when you said the whole point is to develop, you know, confidence in public speaking communication. I, I, I am not going to dispute that a little bit because I think a lot of the point is just social interaction with uh, with your friends in a community club or a, or a, you know a work club i i think the social part of it is undervalued anyway uh, i wanted to start because my own particular story is fairly dramatic i i feel um i i joined toastmasters first in 2001 so it's um 2020 now you can do the, do the math on that um but it was at a low point in my life um, I was out of a job at the point, um, at least I was working as a teacher, but I was um, put on leave um, from the classroom because um, of um, an allegation that had been made against me. It's not uncommon uh, for teachers to have to face that kind of allegation, but uh, I was effectively out of the classroom for nearly a year 
I, I was in the dumps, you know, what was I gonna do with my life? They had given me a, a little thing in the corner of an office for the school board, but they basically didn't want to deal with me or even know that I was there. If they could have fired me, they would have loved to. Anyway, uh, steps in uh, Toastmasters. And I found it through a search that year, you know, I was looking for supports and I was looking for a way out of my dilemma. And I was very fortunate, I feel, to come upon the Toastmasters uh, website and local Toastmasters meeting. And I started going to meetings of the Richmond Hill Club in uh, in uh, uh, Southern Ontario here. Uh, Vince DaCosta, a former um, international director, was prominent in that club in those days. A wonderful man, a great leader and a great teacher. Anyway, I'm not going to keep on going, but I did want to make the point that I found Toastmasters at a very, very um, uh, tough time in my life and that the experience was certainly one of the things that led to new social connections, led to uh, new understandings and new knowledge, and basically uh, reset my life in many ways. Well, Andrew, you've made a, a very good point there. Everybody comes to Toastmasters for a specific reason. I joined Toastmasters, at least my club in Mississauga, in 1990. So I got 10 years. <laughs> you do. But before that, back in the mid 80s, I was recommended by a, a gentleman in Alberta that I should join Toastmasters because of the work I was in. As a professional engineer, I made a lot of presentations before uh, stakeholder groups, and he recommended that I develop my speaking skills. Fast forward to the time when you were in Richmond Hill, I don't know whether you remember it or not, but there's a gentleman that came in and he was only there for about five or six months. He was just an ordinary guy, didn't do any speaking engagements or that, but his daughter was getting married and he was going to have to give a speech. So he came into Toastmasters and stayed there to try and learn how some, learn some basic skills so he didn't, look, didn't embarrass his daughter at, at, her, at her wedding. So, you know, everybody comes to Toastmasters for their own reason. Sarah, what was your reason to come to Toastmasters? Well, Alex and everybody listening, I joined in 2013 for want of a better thing to do. I loved <laughs> in Thornhill and I, and I did have a problem speaking publicly because on a ship, you have a standard amount of people, you talk to them, you can do whatever you with them, but there's only committed amount of people. So you don't know what happens beyond that. So this is what exactly the case was. When I first came here, the first table topics, I couldn't even say anything. I was so choked up. And <clears throat> very soon by watching that if we can do it, we can do it. I mean, it's just the mindset. And sure enough, now I also, I'm the latest addition to DTM. It's taken me uh, from that time onwards. I could have done it a year earlier, but because, uh, I wasn't a president or a VP head in some, uh, so I needed to be a VP head. Then I was in ASOC, I was a VP head at that time. And other than that, I'm enjoying it here. As you said, it's social, you can improve your skills and you get confidence. And all these things are required to live a normal life, forget about work or anything. So even in a normal life, how to deal with people, how to express yourself and to get your uh, point across. This is what you learn in Toastmasters. 
Gentlemen, or ladies and gentlemen, you've just heard us refer to a number of clubs, Richmond Hill Toastmasters, Confidently Speaking Toastmasters, Thornhill Toastmasters, and Sarab has just said ASOF, which stands for Advanced Speakers on the Hill. Those are four clubs that we as a group have been involved in. And there's others I can tell you about too. Francophone, Francophone, oh, yes. Club Francais. <laughs> Well, can um, can the hilltop very, can the hilltop president say something now? <laughs> okay. Well, let me tell you my my story. I actually joined for uh, one particular reason, and Al Brown brought it up at the very beginning when he was talking about uh, in his introduction, which was the song and dance. Somebody told me that I could go to Toastmasters and do jazz hands, and. Uh, <laughs> So, so what, little did I know that the person mixed up things and he told me Toastmasters when he actually meant Juilliard. So <laughs> anyway, I decided to go to Toastmasters and stay in Toastmasters. This was in the United States. And quite honestly, truth be told, I was transitioning from working in the aerospace industry as a sales and marketing director. And I was going to start my own business uh, developing uh, the interior uh, customization of Orthodox churches all over North America. So all the weight was falling on my shoulders now for the, the success of the company. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though I was doing a lot of presentations uh, as a sales and marketing director before my team uh, and even um, before clients, there was an element of nervousness that was always part of it. We've all felt that nervousness that yeah. of public speaking, right? And it was not debilitating on the platform. So when I was standing in front of a boardroom or in front of people, it wasn't causing me issues. It was causing me issues prior to it, the anxiety, the moments before, the hours before, the days before, I was really, really nervous. And uh, I needed to get rid of that in order to be, to, to be successful. And that switch uh, happened within about six months of being in Toastmasters. My mentor, because we all get mentors when we join a Toastmasters, if we want to, and my mentor kind of saw the reason why what was happening with me, and he basically told me that I'm making it about myself. Mm. Now, I didn't realize what he meant when he was saying that my speeches were about myself because they weren't really about me. They were anything but about me, but he was telling me that when I am standing in front of the audience, what I was doing was I was worrying about me how I look, how I feel, uh, are the audience going to accept me? Is, am I going to get the contract, right? So all these kind of things were playing in my mind. And he told me one great thing, and I still tell it to many, many Toastmasters out there and people that I coach, and that is this. It's not about you, the speaker. It is about the audience and the message of impact that you're going to be making on that audience. You're a conduit for that information. And if you yeah. take that to heart, you disappear. Yeah, and then all of a sudden that becomes a new a new release for you to to take the energy in that's coming from the audience and give it back out. It becomes yeah. a simple thing. And that's a such a great point, Mario. And that's such a that, that, I love that point. That, that, that it's the message, it, you know. It's the message. Gosh, you know, people watching this podcast have just got full value from their time invested. We can pull the plug right here. Okay, let's go, <laughs> Mario. <laughs> I, you probably have got the most out of Toastmasters of all of us because you are now a championship speaker and you're even going on to some other sites. 
Toastmasters isn't the only venue for speaking. You've gone on to Mo Mondays too, haven't you? What does it uh, feel like to speak beyond, be, speak beyond Toastmasters to a bigger audience? Well, let, let, let me correct that. I, I, Andrew, I think, has been uh, an award-winning uh, champion as well. Uh, and as a matter of fact, he's won a district contest that I haven't yet had the, the luck to do it. I've come very, very close at uh, second in the international speech contest uh, and third in the humorous speech contest at the district level. Um, and uh, But yeah, I have transitioned outside of Toastmasters giving more professional speeches. Uh, I've been part of um, uh, not more Mondays, but I've done other events uh, out there. I'm looking at uh, doing a TEDx down the line. Uh, I've been part of Speaker Slam, which is a professional speaking venue uh, where there is a purse that you're going to win. And I came in second in that one out of some incredibly talented yeah. professional speakers, right? Thank you. you know? Well done. So it, it, it and this was just before the pandemic shut. Right. Two weeks later, the pandemic shut everything down. Yeah. So, you know, but it is an avenue that you allow yourself to open up beyond just the boundaries of a comfortable audience, which Toastmasters is, because we are supportive to one another. It's different when you're in a Toastmasters learning it, and it's different applying it when you're in front of an audience that is paying to hear you. That's when you got to be able to deliver the stuff, yeah. right? And that is where the benefit of being able to move out and and uh, and create a story that can grab people and keep them there and keep them engaged throughout the time frame that you're on stage. And that goes for presentations at work. It goes for telling a uh, an inspirational story, whatever the case may be. I yeah. guess, Mario, in a way, you and Andrew are sort of the epitome of public speaking insofar as you can go out uh, outside of the club and uh, take in the competitions. Not every Toastmaster, of course, has been doing, can do that. I, I can tell you myself, I've tried going into competitions, but you know, it's a pretty difficult thing to do. It doesn't matter how good you have become though, there's a, likely always somebody just a little bit better who's going to win, Andrew. Well, that is true too, um, um, Al. It, it's very true. But let us um, let us not uh, neglect to also mention the incompetence of the judges. Sometimes, I have <laughs> taken part in more than one contest, which I won, but except the judges were too stupid to realize. Uh, uh, that that fact, but we're we're not going to go there too much. No, no, no. Well, you sound like Donald Trump. You won the election, but <laughs> that's right. I that's right. I have a good example. Uh, there, what I wanted to say, though, and uh, another thing, I, I, I'm a teacher, as I mentioned earlier, and um, since then, of course, my career has been back on track. In fact, I've never been doing better than uh, that now in COVID nineteen. I'm teaching up a storm. It's all online, of course. But what I want to say here is that I'm teaching public speaking to students far and wide. And I have actually students from all over the world. They log in from China, they log in from California, they log in from Massachusetts, they log in from Portugal. I have, I have one fine young man who's uh, in Portugal right now and, and, and he works hard. So I, I'm able to share my um, public speaking uh, knowledge and expertise with a whole generation of young people. And, and, and that's um, brought satisfaction to me. And, and uh, let me let me just add something here, uh, Al, to your comment. If 
we don't compete, uh, you know, for the, the trophies, okay? The trophies that you see behind you there is not the, the goal. The goal is to learn, to expand yourself, to learn more about uh, how you can interact and impact an audience in, in a way that makes sense to, to them and giving them that gift uh, from you. The, the, the awards come as you become better. And uh, many people try to chase the trophy uh, and that's the wrong approach. The approach is every time you stand in front of an audience, whether it's in a contest or in, an, in the business, it is to improve somebody else's life by doing it. And by that, we improve our own lives because it is a give and take, as I said earlier. Yes. So, and uh, you know what? I've, I've had, as Andrew said, uh, I've had people stand in front of me too. I've got almighty uh, Roger Caesar that I haven't been able to defeat yet. You know, so, but he pushes me to be better and to, to, to find ways of becoming a champion above, over and above him. So one day I will do it. It might be this year, it might be next year, but it will happen, Roger. I'm coming for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rab, um, you're involved in another aspect of Toastmasters, which is the leadership. And could you tell us about what you're doing now in the organization? Uh, yes, uh, I am in District 86. Our, we are in Region 6, and out of that, we have 86 district, and 86 districts have divisions. So I am one of the divisions, like G divisions. I have uh, four area directors and 16 clubs under me. And this is, uh, it's called an area uh, division director, division G director. For the area uh, for the year 2021 so it just basically it, this is the same setup we had on the ships we had a shipping company then you had all the ships had captains and each four or five ships will be under one port captain ashore he'll have about four or five such uh, arrangements so this is the same formula which is being applied here in the leadership so uh, just carry on doing my ship's work here what do you think of being uh, in the uh, the district uh, executive? Well, it's basically we are just discussing what are what is happening and how to improve our uh, experience, the Toastmasters experience for people. And at this present day, with only Zoom meetings, we are losing a lot of uh, clients because people don't like uh, a non-face-to-face -face meeting. They, they appreciate a face-to-face -face meeting more than a Zoom meeting. So it'll come back to normal very soon. But well, they get used to the Zoom meetings also. Now we're going to have contests on Zoom. So this will be a new type of uh, uh, operations. People are not used to speaking to a camera. I did one module uh, speaking on television in the old legacy system. There you have to keep looking at the, the, the angle. You've got to keep thinking what do you have to say while looking at the angle? You can't look sideways or anywhere. And that's what people have problems with. They keep doing this and or they, there's a confusion, but they'll get used to it. Going yeah, we are very much used to moving around in front of the audience of looking at different people. That It really is part of the whole speaking experience to me is to make direct eye contact with somebody and also to watch them, watch their reaction as you speak. I found that the most fun I have when I speak is when I give information to people and I see them sort of nodding their head a little bit like this. Yeah. yeah. 
That's good stuff. Thank you. And being yeah. able to do that in front of people is mm. a far cry better than at a Zoom meeting. And it's yeah. just so much fun. And I agree that the community setting is always beneficial. My club in Mississauga, confidently speaking, Toastmasters, we used to meet in uh, the basement of a restaurant down in Streetsville when it first, well, this goes back 27 years. We were a corporate club and then we got booted out and we found this restaurant, which is it's this basement room that was empty. And lo and behold, above store, there was a, a restaurant where we could go in after the meetings and have a brew. And it became habit forming for our club to do just that. We'd have our meeting and then everybody afterwards, well, not everybody, but maybe a third of the meeting group or maybe as many as half would go upstairs and sit in the restaurant and jawbone a bit yeah. and have a, a drink. Yeah, I think that's the better part of Toastmasters. In my opinion, after a while, I think it is. I think it's the camaraderie. It's yes. um, after the meeting, as you say, for those uh, clubs that have that, and, and we do, we always did in Francophone, um, absolutely. And the Christmas parties and the end of year parties, yeah. which in Toastmasters are in uh, June, late June. So that's mm -hmm. the end of the Toastmasters year. And of course, the ushering in of summer. And that was a wonderful ritual for many, many years. And that's so important, you know, the social aspect of it. Yeah, my, my Mississauga club now meets in a hotel on the west end of Mississauga. And again, we have the ability to go upstairs and sit around in the bar and have a drink together. It's, it's a fashion, it's something that goes out in and out of fashion right now. We're not doing it very much, but I imagine yeah. after the pandemic is over, everybody's going to want to get together, sit around and talk about life as it was and about the future of, of activities. But I remember, Andrew, after Club Francophone and also Advanced Speakers on the Hill, we go down to places like Archibald's or the other restaurants for uh, some refreshments. Great fun. Well, let it, just for the record here, these refreshments, I indulged in Perrier water. Other people indulge in more stronger stuff, but I wouldn't know about that. Adult beverages, I think it's called. That's Roger, Sirius, Roger Caesar's words, Mario. Mm -hmm. Hello. Mario, do you have any similar experiences to relate to the audience? I, I'm not sure that Mario isn't frozen there. Uh, Al. I, think I, I, I think he's frozen up right now. Wow. That's, that's unfortunate. Yeah. This, ladies and gentlemen, is one of the problems with having Zoom meetings. You're frozen. How can you speak to public like that with when you're frozen out? But, you know, Toastmasters, one of the things we do learn is to be adaptable. Because even if you look on the television shows and the media reports, you often find little glitches like this. Oops, we've lost Mario. I'm sure he'll He'll back. be back. He'll be back. You know, that's a, that's a serious problem. Sarab, can you relate to us some of your, your Toastmasters experiences that uh, remain strong in your mind? What I feel uh, regarding the Toastmasters experience is very similar 
it started off on the ship. On the ship, I used to avoid selling liquor because the bond was mine. So they had to buy the booze for me. I used to avoid giving them for cabin drinking. It had to be done in, a, uh, in, in one place, which was the officer's club, where they would come and order a beer. So at least you're drinking with people you know, rather than quietly drinking at home uh, or in your cabin. So That's a good thought. Th this is always the same thing when we are uh, letting, uh, you're breaking bread with people and you're talking to people, you, you're getting to know more about them. You can get your message across. You can have a better experience. So mm. uh, the Toastmasters is very much like my ship's bridge. You know, I mean, not a bridge like the, the rec room. Mm. Yeah. So uh, we have lost Mario. Well, yes. for the time being, us, you know, well, the vagaries of the Wi-Fi, of course. I, I think what we ought to do is try to wrap this up a little bit, um, Al. Um, it, yeah. Um, for, for, for me, I must say that uh, Toastmasters has been probably the most significant uh, social aspect of my life for the past many years. Um, I have not uh, recently been taking part in it because of the various factors, pandemic and uh, work schedule against it. But I do look forward to a day when I can uh, rejoin the, uh, the organization and um, forge some new memories because it, it, it's, a, it's a wonderfully positive thing, both in terms of self-improvement and in terms of just uh, finding a social group that's compatible. I spend a lot of time uh, with Toastmasters too, but I try and ration it because Toastmasters to me is just, um, it's just a, a doorway to something greater. When Toastmasters was originally established many years ago, the intent of it was to teach people public speaking skills so that they could involve, they could be leaders within communities. In fact, even up to about 25 years ago, the Toastmasters experiences forced you to go out of the organization and become leaders within community groups, right. like right. Lions, Kinsmen's or such. Uh, the program today has shifted a little, maybe it'll go back in future, but the point of the matter is that you're teaching, you're learning skills that you will use in other settings. Uh, there's no point in learning these skills if we don't don't take them out and make the, and use them in the bigger world. So, mm -hmm. gentlemen, uh, Sarab, do you have any final? There's Mario. Mario, you're back. I'm back, guys, and uh, my apologies. The uh, I heard Sarab say that you know now it's on Zoom and everything is very difficult. <laughs> and uh, Zoom gods got me and knocked me out. So. Yes, they did. <laughs> Mario, we're trying to sum up right now. Do you have any final comments on the Toastmasters for us? Well, let me let me tell you this. One of the greatest things that Toastmasters can teach you is not only leadership and uh, communication skills, but it allows you to have a confidence in the fact that you know how to lead people, uh, not through a coercive way or being the boss, right? It, it allows you to lead them 
through lighting the fire in their souls, in their hearts about a project that you're doing. The, the power comes there. Imagine going to somebody in an interview and telling them, I lead people not because they have to follow my authoritarian or my positional authority over them, but because they want to be part of a growth experience that I'm offering. Toastmasters does that because we're a volunteer environment where nobody really has to do anything for us, but if they feel inspired, that's when miracles happen. So I encourage people to get part, become part of Toastmasters and learn that skill because that's where change leaders really come from. So Rab, your final comments? Well, all I'm saying is, this is going to stay, Toastmasters is going to be there forever and take advantage of that because it is a good institution to be part of. Uh -oh. Because you meet so many people and you learn so many things and all for the better. Andrew, your final comments? Well, if there's people who have hung in with us this far and you are not familiar with uh, Toastmasters, toastmasters.org on the uh, internet, you know what? You could do far worse than checking it out. And it could even be the start of a whole new direction in your life. And it has been for countless thousands of people. So clearly, you know, we couldn't recommend it more highly. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today on this podcast. And uh, we say goodbye now. Have a good day and stay safe. Peace, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.